This city is a dumb and blinded thing. A circus of beasts in wool hats and waistcoats. This city... Well, they say you can trust the rats, at least. This city is the only home I've ever known, but every time I think of leaving, I wonder if I can stand to discover the rest of the world is the same. So I stay, even if staying means trusting the rats more than my neighbors. Such it is, and such it always shall be. But not here. Not in the first component. Of the second act. Of Quinn's mechanism. Listen, Harriet, I'll give you some advice. I understand that you think working under the Order will help everyone forget all that business with the... Well, you know. What I don't understand is why you were brought in to do this. We both know going through all of these useless books is a job for an initiate, and when Professor Howard realises the research you're doing won't bring him any closer to completing the opus... Well... If you wanted to turn around and walk away, I wouldn't stop you. Honestly, you probably stand more of a chance out there than in here. You could leave the city. I have a contact in the... Wait, is that... You little rat! By all means, please continue, Mr. Eyre. I'm sure August will be very interested to hear your recommendations. All I'm doing is trying to help you, and this is the thanks I get? Truly insufferable. I think you've said quite enough, Mr. Ayer. Sir, I- We can discuss this later, Desmond. Leave us. Understood, sir. Pope, I do wish you would at least try to get along with my aide-de-camp. Get along with him? August, he's been trying to sabotage my work since the moment I got here. He's done nothing but impede my progress and work against your goals. On the contrary. I imagine he believes himself to be testing your loyalty. Desmond's dedication to the cause is second only to my own. I will admit his zealousness does create disruptions at times. But I could no more fault him for his diligence than I can fault you for your frustration. I can see there's no convincing you otherwise. Well then, if you're here, you must have something to say to me, August. Out with it. Discourteous as always, I see. Very well. Hope, I trust it hasn't escaped your attention that you are here under... Well, to put it mildly, 
less than ideal circumstances. Were you any less of an accomplished academic? And were I any less confident that the roots of your indiscretions lay in weakness of character rather than in the soil of traitorous intentions? I may have been forced to take more extreme measures to resolve the issue at hand. You may rest assured that, thanks to the efforts of your assistant, I have not been allowed to forget that for even a moment. Ah, but we're not talking about Mr. Eyre, Hope. We are talking about you. And what is it about me that you're so eager to talk about? Why did you hide that third tape from me? You know why. Enlighten me. I was concerned you might take more extreme measures to resolve the issue at hand. <laughs> I'll admit that may have been a fair concern. But I'm not asking why you hid the existence of the tape from me, Hope. I want to know why you didn't destroy it. What? The third tape. As you've acknowledged, the contents were damning at best. So why hide it? Why not simply destroy it? Uh, habit, I suppose. Habit? Please, elaborate. If I may be honest with you, I'm beside myself with curiosity. I am a researcher first, and a lecturer second, August. No matter how trivial, I can't simply destroy research materials. Inclusivity, lucidity, objectivity, these are all essential tenets of research. One cannot discard data, no matter how inconsequential it may seem. Go on. To what end? You must have considered the third tape to be of some importance, then. You saw something significant in its contents. You could not bring yourself to destroy it despite the considerable risk it posed to you. Why? Tell me. What did you see? I... I suppose I thought the ability being displayed could have potentially significant implications? Yes! Yes, you're so close. Tell me, why is it significant? Well, the ability of the book to listen in on private conversations without the need for ancillary listening devices certainly has some significance to our work. No. In the end, you're just as blind as all the others. Preaching the importance of considering every part of the equation, yet utterly unable to see the significance of what was in front of you the whole time. I don't understand what you're trying to tell me with this. Think, Lesnar. I know you have a mind for science. For once in your miserable existence, trying to use it for something greater than your own petty wants and fears. How? How is it that you expect me to uncover some grand truth without ever making it known to me what I should be looking for? What is a door? What is its function? What? Answer me. What is a door's function? To provide a passageway between spaces which are separated from one another. No, that is only a door when it's open. What if the door is closed? Is it not then a barrier? I, I suppose so. August, I don't understand what you're getting at. A book, then. What is a book's function? To be a repository of knowledge, to teach what it knows to its reader. Yes, but what of the book when it's closed? To be opened. It never ceases to astound me how a mind blessed with such gifts 
can be so ill-equipped to utilize them. Whatever you intend to achieve with this conversation, I don't think bombarding me with questions on the nature of books and doors is an effective use of your time. Ah, is that so? Will you ever realize it on your own, I wonder? You have no intention of letting me be, do you? A closed book can be measured, weighed, it can be held, the nature of its contents predicted by its cover, its age decided by the style and condition of its binding, its length estimated by its thickness. Is that what you wanted to hear? There are moments I find it almost remarkable how completely the point eludes you. And you have no interest in helping me capture this elusive point of yours? It seems we find ourselves at something of a stalemate, then. So it seems. As a token of my goodwill, allow me to offer you some assistance. Have you never thought to question the purpose of the claustra? The what? Ah, of course. The devices you've skewered all your tomes with. The claustra were not the doing of myself or my associates, so. And they are hardly in widespread use. In fact, they are quite unique. You will find only one series of volumes in the Order's possession which features them. Huh. They're of some religious significance then, I assume. <sighs> if not that, then what? No, you're not entirely wrong, I suppose. Though it might be more accurate to call them objects of heresy than of worship. As someone who considers the destruction of a book a crime beyond measure, I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> oh, you misunderstand. The elegance of the claustrum's design lies not in the destruction of the book, but in preventing its destruction. I'm afraid I don't follow. That girl. The replacement assistant you acquired in your efforts to disguise the omission of the third tape from me. What was her name? Nolan. Samantha Nolan. Ah, of course, Samantha. You saw, or rather I should say heard, the fear and mania for escape which overtook her, correct? Yes. When I came to collect her, she had collapsed on the archival room floor and was pulling boxes off of the nearby shelves and scattering their contents with little regard for their importance. I believe she was trying to cover herself with them. Now, that is interesting. Why didn't you tell me this before? I had more pressing concerns. More pressing concerns? What could you possibly have considered more? Ah, of course. In any case, uh, please do continue. She was babbling nonsense when I entered. When I finally got her to talk some degree of sense, she revealed herself to be caught in some impossible delusion. She believed herself to be trapped in an endless hall of records. She claimed she had been running for hours, but that there were no walls or doors, only rows upon rows of shelves, and that whenever she turned to look the way she had come, she would find herself mere feet away from the desk, confronted by the book she had been reading. How captivating. If you had seen the terror in her eyes, August. Yes, yes. She was filled with the primal fear of a hunted animal, I'm sure. But what happened next? I have too often been accused of having a heart of stone, August, but even I find your lack of compassion appalling. Compassion is the domain of a sick nurse, not the scientist. Now, 
what happened next. She told me she was trying to trick the book into believing she was a book as well, so it would, and these are her words, let her go. Yes, and then? And then I summoned the nurse and had her removed from the archival room, as she was clearly unwell. And when she passed into the hall, what then? I see. So you are already aware of it, and chose not to warn me. You were fortunate I entrusted you with as much supplementary material as I did. Continue. She became frantic. She claimed the walls were melting and buckling, she said, that the world was liquefying around her. She injured the nurse in her frenzy to return to the archival room. And? And she had to be sedated before we could have her removed. But when she returned, what did she do when she returned to the room where the book was kept? She dove back into the pile of records she had been creating and attempted to burrow beneath them. <sighs> How novel. Her resistance to the destructive compulsion of the text must have been truly remarkable. Ah, it's almost a shame. What is? We'll get to that in a moment. First, what you have described to me is the birth of an obsessive. The term was mentioned in the notes you supplied, but no explanation was given. None should have been needed. The obsessive has fallen under the sway of the text. It has infiltrated the fabric of their mind, leaving them convinced it alone is the access to the center of reality. Initially, they simply begin to view their surroundings as having grown to impossible proportions. If the prison of their perception does have windows or doors, they find that passing through them only causes them to return to that place where the book has been abandoned. They cannot leave the place where the book resides without interference. If they or the book are removed from the place they perceive themselves as being trapped within, they begin to experience a dissolution of reality, becoming frantic and hostile. While some obsessives may not begin to manifest fixation with the book until a great deal of time has elapsed in their perceptual imprisonment, the effects of removing it from their presence are usually enough to convince them that it is key to correcting their faulty sense of reality. And then, when no amount of reading suffices, they resolve to destroy it. I see. This succeeds, though not without consequence. The only obsessive we have managed to acquire thus far who survived the destruction of his volume was driven quite mad by the experience. He describes the experience of destroying it as akin to having stared into the sightless eye of all that is and is not, and can and cannot be. But there's no telling if that's simply a product of his madness. I see. I imagine Miss Nolan is the same. Quite the contrary, Hope. You'll be relieved to hear she's nothing of the sort. What? Discovering that the destruction of a book by an unaffected observer causes the obsessive to be released from its effects without subjecting them to the consequence of its destruction was quite the revelation though I do wish it hadn't come at the cost of one of the less aggressive volumes in our possession. Never mind that. Miss Nolan, you said she's recovered? 
I suspect I know why you're privy to that information. Recovered? In a way. And yes. Surely you don't think I'd be careless enough to overlook the emergence of an obsessive on campus while one of our books was in your care? I took particular care to ensure she was released into our custody. So she's here, then? She is. You may visit her, if you like. I think I would. Provided you document the interaction for posterity, of course. Of course. Tell me, Hope, have you realized the purpose of the claustra? Claustrum. Plural claustra. From Latin. Sometimes a bolt or latch, sometimes a gate or door. A thing which shuts or closes. It stands to reason it would be a lock of sorts. Poetic, to be sure, but there's no need to be so literal. It shuts out the influence of the book. Oh, God. A simple truth. And now you see why my guidance should not have been necessary. August, why was I not given a claustrum with the book you provided? The things that could have been avoided? What Miss Nolan did to that young man's eye? One can hardly expect accurate results from research that has been interrupted by such petty concerns. I see I was right to withhold it. She could have seriously hurt someone. If what you said about the way most subjects respond to removal from the book is true. She could have hurt me. If you'll excuse me, Hope, I believe this is a conversation best held in privacy. <laughs>